Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's work and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm Weary Rider. Don't get too excited. Also, <laughs> you just saw, sounded especially not excited. It's a White Sand podcast now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also joining us is David. Hi, I'm Winner on the forums. I brought the hat back, so I was going to get a haircut before this. But David's hat is free. Back, yeah. It wasn't quite as good as the baseball cap that you had before that other episode, but... Hey. There you go. I do my best. And I'm Chaos, and we have brought the White Sand crew back for when we did our last two White Sand episodes uh, a long time ago. One of, one of our earlier like episodes. Yeah. Yeah. When... My intro was much more monotone, and it's really weird to re-listen, but we went through White Sand. They're also some of the longest episodes we did for a long time. Yeah. White Sand Volume 2 was the longest one until we did the Spiritual Properties one. Yeah. Which Why I, was that again? It's because they were so good? No, it's because <laughs> we did blow-by-blows, and that's what we did. Uh, we were like going through it blow-by-blow, blow, and then for both volume one and volume two and so that's what we're doing today we're gonna go through white sand volume three which as of recording is out on ebook but uh october 1st it's out physically so unless it just randomly showed up at your house which it's been doing yeah. for some people oh that's true we're but assuming it will actually be available uh, October 1st. Well, True. but you can definitely buy it digitally because we yeah. read it. And uh, yeah. by the time this airs, it should be. And uh, how about should. we just start with our general thoughts? There's a new artist. What did we think of the art? A art, lot art was day and night. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of liked the different artist at the end of uh, volume two, but it was very jarring. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, was but, a but, nice yeah. blend of the two. Not my favorite art for a comic I've ever read, but it's it works. It's pretty pedestrian. What's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say it looks like someone went through and actually you know, finished off the drafts that were in the first volume. Like, they're like, okay, now we're going to finalize this. And that's kind of what it turned into, in my opinion. Yeah, because, like, the, the art in the first one was just so muddy. Like, the characters didn't have, like, edges to them. And it, was, it was just weird. It was like your eyes were watering really bad. You're like, who is that? Well, I mean, that that's the problem of, hey, we're starting everyone's in white robes on white background. <laughs> and, like, we have just a face. Uh, I will say the faces kind of looked a little weird in a few places in this volume, but eh. I def I definitely like at the very least was able to consistently identify what character I was looking at, which was a big step up from the first two. Uh, except Dryle, like I felt did did Dryle look like totally different to to you or not? But... Maybe at the very end he looked kind of when he was in his hospital bed he looked a little different. Well, he yeah. did look a little different. But... Like the first time I saw uh, Dryle on screen, it's like, oh, well, it's a good thing someone said Dryle because it's like I did not associate that. But I didn't reread the previous two. Neither did I. I don't remember him looking that different than what we saw. I feel like different. they might have made him more distinct because I seem to recall us getting that's confused true. about which one was Dryle. So. I, I would accept, like, a recanonization of his appearance to make it very obvious who Dryle is. What, what, did John Akron and Cinder always have different coats? 
I don't know. Yes. They always have different coats. They do now. They they have different colored I, coats, um, which is good because once I was like, okay, John Akron's wearing the purple coat, Cinder's wearing the <laughs> yellow coat. Great, got it. I think one had like white with blue, and the other had blue with white. Oh, great! That's great. <laughs> like, I I definitely prefer this. That's a lot easier to keep track of because. That actually kind of matters who's John Akron and who's Cinder in this. So why don't we just why don't we just go go through? We're gonna also talk about some differences that happened with the pros as well as as we go through this because the ending is a bit different. Yeah, this is the most different of them so far, I would say. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, volume in two ended with Chris like. I want to be a sandmaster. I was like, that oh, can I, I'll complain about that, but yeah. Okay, so chapter one, we're starting with Ice kind of recapping to the Lady Judge. And like, that was actually a really nice kind of pseudo recap and things moving along yeah. to keep people up to speed. Like, oh yeah, that's what's happening. I really like, I enjoyed it. It made things move faster through this. Overall, the graphic novel really moves pretty fast. Which is nice. Yeah. Did we know the name of Ice's deputy or had he been, had he been introduced as a character before this? Because I, so. I felt like it was like, oh, here's a character now. Like, pay attention to this guy, please. I believe he was there when we first meet Ice. Yeah, like mm -hmm. when they were going after Lock Woman. Lock oh, yeah. Good old Lock Woman. It was honestly really hard in the first ice uh, chapter in volume one to tell who was who anyway. So, so other than like there's ice and a bunch of other tracts, I guess. Um, yeah, but de definitely critique that if you're going to have a traitor, maybe introduce him a little hey, earlier than the book in which they become a traitor. I think I think he was introduced. Uh, so I don't think he had a, a role large enough to remember. By the way, there's massive spoilers because yeah. we're going through uh, all the scenes that are going through in the book. Um, yeah, Rev. Yeah. We also get to see Lady Helis looking like a super villain in Sandmaster robes. Yeah. Grace consistently thought that on the cover of Volume 3, because the, the Lady Judge was so menacing on there, that the Lady Judge would be the, the main villain. No, no, that's not, that, that's not the case. Lady Judge that, okay, not sure a way crazier twist though like one of the people on the taisha council that's voting on the fate of the whole situation with the sandmasters is also the criminal ice is hunting that'd have been crazy i mean but the judge was in charge of the tracks and stuff so like that yeah could have been cool but yeah no that's not lady Helis. then uh so volume two ended with chris wanting to be a sandmaster but so kenton tests chris and it's really more just Chris wanted to see how the Sandmaster test worked. I wish she would have just said that. It felt like a way to surprise people at the end of volume two who were like, oh, what? Chris wants to be a Sandmaster? Then she's like, because she's been like, hey, Ken, how do you learn how to Sandmaster? And he goes, yeah. let me tell you, Chris. It was just like, hey, we want a somewhat dramatic end to volume two because like, you have to wait a Chris year and a half. Yeah, is Chris going to be a Sandmaster? No. No, <laughs> no not at all. Then we meet the Lord Merchant again, and Kenton is is trying to threaten the Lord Merchant. Is like, I know the secret, and then uh, Vay's like, Oh yeah, what is it? And then they they just like, Oh okay, don't yeah. actually know the secret, and I need to figure that out. That was, that was fun to see. I liked Vay's 
assistant who was basically a Willy Wonka cameo just sitting at that desk. Yeah, with what was, up, top what hat. was up with the clothing on day side? I have no idea what's happening still with like the. Yep. the he looks so he looks so important. I thought he was Vey for a minute. I, was I like, thought it was so too. Because like, yeah. I didn't quite exactly remember who what Vey looked like because I didn't reread the other ones. I still can't recall who John Akron and Cinder was, but they had different coats, so that's good. So mm-hmm. thanks, uh, dialogue for saying Akron, be careful. I was like, thanks. That's that's very helpful. Chris doesn't do like nearly any sciencing in this. Like she does so little science in this. Hey. She makes gunpowder once and it uses a microscope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At one point, she's like, careful, that has my mobile lab in it. We talked and about then, getting like, gunpowder at one point. But like, no, like, and then like two screens later, like there's, it's open and it's just full of clothes. Like, yeah, it's wait, just like really? and a gun. Yeah. yeah, or it's like at least full of cloths. It does not appear to be a lab. She pulls a gun out of it, not equipment. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh, that's that's not good. That's my mobile lab of clothes. That's 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 not great. And then okay, okay. Uh, maybe she was lying and she was worried he'd jostle the case and the gun would go off. Maybe if they, only they all were of a the careful glasses were wrapped around clothes. Uh, clothes were I wrapped guess. around them. Even yeah. though it looks yeah yeah that's that's fine. Then they're having food and then assassins attack and that's that's the end of chapter one. But. That reminds me of Brandon's advice that he gives sometimes where he says, if you don't really know what's going on, just have ninjas attack and just write it out and see how it happens. And I feel like he might have done that a couple times in this. Oh, in, where in he just White has, Sands? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's like, oh, and we need an action scene, down, so I guess so. we'll get attacked. And here comes we, assassins. We can't have them be too often. So that's why it has to be only every odd day, which is like still not the best like, why is that in their religious text? Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a plot device. Who cares? But the, this is a good point to mention that the Sand Mastery is looking a lot better. The Sand Mastery looks much better in this. The ribbons look like ribbons. Uh, sometimes I still can't tell what the ribbons are doing when they're fighting, necessarily. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can definitely tell what's going on a lot better. And it looks oh, yeah. cooler. Zero percent sand whirlwinds that are just kind of carrying them around, and you're like, "That's not how that works." <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least, like, especially at the end where like there's a bunch of ribbons happening with Dryle, like it actually looks like that's what's happening. Like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, chapter two, assassins attack. Eric is really funny in that entire scene. Love that where he's just being like, "Hey, can can you bring me some more food?" And then is we discover that he is awesome. Yep. Of course you think someone named Eric is funny and awesome. I mean, he was funny there. Come on. Come no, on. Yeah. fun fact, Eric's name used to be spelled like just regular like Eric. Yeah. It was kind of weird. It was, it was, it was a little, it, it a little was off. really weird. It's like if someone's just named, well, I guess we do have John Akron, but it's just like John or Michael. It's like, oh, okay. If you take the H out of it, it becomes a fantasy name. That's John Snow. He just became a fantasy yeah, character. Right. That's a good point. Good point. That's Except that like there are people whose name is J-O-N in the real world. Yeah, 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 yeah. We but, just don't talk about them. Yeah, exactly. But we, we discover that John, it, er, John, what? We discover Eric is really good at fighting, uh, which I don't remember if that came up before, but matters it's here. It's like. The first scene we see with him in volume one. Oh, yeah. Saves ice. oh okay. yeah. Oh, right. That's a good point. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. Oh, but Chris gave Gevin's gun to Cinder 
But then John Akron has the gun and shoots uh, someone who w- was going to kill Chris in that. I wonder, oh, yeah. I wonder why John Akron went and got that gun. Well, we'll find out. Well, wait, so I'm, I'm going out of order here. So oh, Chris okay. meets Nilto, uh, the Lord Beggar, realizes that he is, in fact, Kevin. Oh, so, like right, actually oh. right here. You jump oh, forward a little, a little bit later. That's fine. Oh, okay. Oh, you're it's, going to. I see. The fact that he calls her Chris, which right. she doesn't pick up on right away. Right. Yeah. And then later she does. Also, why do you have to take a boat to the DM? This, this is just kind of unrelated, but uh, as I'm well, scrolling this, through this, is like, is the DM like on an island or something? Because it, twice it's it built on a river, the whole city that they're on. Yeah. I guess. I feel like it oftentimes it's just it's quicker to go by boat rather than just go through the city i guess yeah that's that's fair that's fair i i do like ice and kenton's conflict in this it's good that's probably my favorite plot is kenton ice i think yeah if i had to pick one throughout the whole book i really enjoy their them becoming friends oh and then they're going to meet one of sherazan's associates and someone's walking up the steps but then they they fear it's Nilto and that they're betrayed. And so then there's a bomb and they have a dramatic exit. Well, I feel like that's a disservice to how what actually happens. Okay. How what, you just described yeah. it. Because like, okay. that's Ice's whole plot. Like she's trying to figure out who Ice is. Like she got a lead on like, oh, like here's this person. Oh yeah. They're yeah. going to give me information on Sherazan. Yeah, yeah, right. But like, when she hears the steps, she thinks it's Nilto, who she thinks is Sherazan. Right. So she thinks, like, oh, that guy was just a trick. So, like, right. she legitimately thinks her life is in danger. Oh, no, 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 no. I, yeah, yeah. Back to me defending the book. Hey, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Two. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris realizes that Nilto's Gavin, uh, who I guess got shot. Uh, and so his face got disfigured, which is why he's yes looking like that. And he doesn't want to go back to Dayside because apparently because he's disfigured, he he doesn't want to go back to Elise. Uh, and so he's much he's much less mean to Chris in the graphic yes. novel than he was in the oh, in the yeah, pre- he, was he was really pretty mean. cold. Yeah, it was like, I never actually loved you. I had like so many lovers like yeah, you, like you. It was a joke how you didn't know, like everyone else knew. Like, yeah, it was not good. It was, it was some nightmare fuel right there. Like it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this time he's just like, ah, oh, well, you know, the Elysians, they'll just, you know, give Die. in to Scapin as it yeah. is. And most of the people want to just give in to the dynasty. So what's even the point? Yeah. And he, he also makes a point about like how like, hey, I'm actually doing good here. Right as the lord beggar like he's looking out for the people who don't have someone to look after so he, he's less of a horrible person that he was yeah. in the prose yeah it definitely is- recasts the lord beggar as a much more much less sinister figure when you read back through you're like oh this guy's just here trying to help people generally even if he is kind of a criminal yeah mm-hmm. and john akron comes in and is revealed to be our start of more reveals uh, at the end of a Brandon book. John Akron is actually also uh, someone under Scathan's orders to to kill uh, Prince Gevin, and Ban comes back 
saves mm-hmm. the day. And yeah, and John Akron gets uh, dumped into the river. Rip. Oh, they just dump him in the river? Well, I mean, he was smacked with uh, a giant uh, steel hook and it, it doesn't look good. But yeah, they, they say that he died. <laughs> but yeah, he, okay. he just like, he he gets slapped by a giant chain hook that's like on a big crane because they're in this like shipping area mm-hmm. and he, he just falls in the river and he's dead did, did all of you guys see john akron's betrayal coming from minute one like i did <laughs> i mean earlier on in this volume there's like a scene with him and cinder about like betrayal and it's like mm. see i didn't remember oh, yeah, this at going, all actually so oh one of them they both go they go i guess anyone could be a traitor even one of us princess <laughs> yeah and then they just i remember yeah. one of them was a traitor i didn't remember which one yeah, it's, like, yeah. It's, it's hard to tell which one's which so like why do i care yeah uh, i think i think it was actually just a tiny bit better foreshadowed in the prose because john akron had spent a lot of time in the dynasty because that was the only other cultures he could go study as an anthropologist mm. so uh, there definitely were more hints where he could have had some potential contact with the dynasty people i mean here we at least get the foreshadowing that uh john akron took the gun from cinder and chris gave Mm -hmm. it to cinder right specifically but then john has it so yeah um, at least chris thought cinder was a better option not wrong yeah (laughs) yeah so john akron's dead everyone's saved uh gavin doesn't want to come back and that's back Yep, and Ban's back. Uh, Ban turned out to just wanting to see if the Sandmasters were a threat. That's that's what he was under orders for. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do you guys think about Bayon? What is what was Bayon's decision? Did he decide to come back to Chris? Does he have? Is it just that he has a code and he was contracted protector? So he now that he's completed his mission, he's going to come back and do it because he feels like he has I to. Guess so, yeah. Like yeah, that that yeah, like he had a job to protect her it didn't matter that it was under false pretenses okay so do you think there's that they have any sort of legitimate affection like or is it just that he is a contracted servant i think he likes chris but he is he's probably a loyal servant of the dynasty see because in my head he completed his dynasty mission so he probably should go back and get his next dynasty mission and not just hang out with chris but but i mean yeah yeah i i don't think he's just i don't think he just blindly follows orders like if he feels something and it doesn't contradict his other orders like he'll do it like i'm assuming he in his orders it wasn't said like as soon as you finish you find out if sandmasters are a threat you immediately come back like Mm -hmm. if that had been his orders he would have gone back but i guess but then he like he directly counteracts the will of is he Scathan or is he Scython this? Scathan? By Scathan. by stopping John Akron, right? Like he's directly fighting against another tendril of their will, essentially. Yeah, that's true. I feel like he can't be that loyal, is I guess my read. Probably yeah, I, I get yeah. So that that's that's what happens. Uh <laughs> and then we realize that they and Rogent, they are missing and we need to go find them because if they abstain the vote then that'll just count against the dm so yeah. we gotta go it find has them. to be a unanimous decision yep so good chapter i i liked 
getting more uh, thoughts from Kenton. Mm-hmm. Just in, in general, yeah. in this chapter and everything of just, hey, we're we're getting more internal dialogue. Really like it. That that helps. I think. Yeah, I definitely. I'm not a big graphic novel person. This is the only graphic novel series that I have read all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I definitely, it's interesting to see how imp- how much they have to be less reliant on an internal dialogue when you're doing something like this because yeah. they can't put every thought in a square box about that Kenton is having. But I think they did more this time and I think it helped. I think it Yeah, it, it's, it is definitely a delicate balance. And it's not something you can do every issue. Like there are, sometimes there are issues that are very, internal monologue heavy but then it gets it balances out over yep. a long series yep yeah i mean like it's funny because it almost like directly competes with for space with spoken words so you kind of you can't do mm-hmm. both you kind of have to decide if they're having a conversation or if they're having an internal yeah, dialogue exactly. yep yeah i i think they definitely did a better balance here mm-hmm. oh chapter three is such a big chapter that's the entire side quest that they go on at the uh, here. Oh. And, oh, gosh. And so chapter three starts with Kenton immediately threatening the Lord Farmer to try and get information where Vey and Rajant are. Great. Technically, not threatening the Lord Farmer, just one of the Lord Farmer's lackeys. Oh, just, right. Um, You're right. Which is almost worse, in my opinion. Yeah, and then Kenton does the same thing where he does something and then immediately is like, this is why the Sandmasters are bad. I'm like, yeah, like, you idiot. Have that thought first. And the thing is, is that Kenton had the Lord Farmer's support, right? Yeah. No, oh, yeah. No. If I, I think he must have. I don't. If I was the Lord Farmer and I saw that happen, I'd be voting against Kenton, and I would say, "Hey, guys, he picked me. He picked my buddy up with sand and threatened to hurt him." Well, I think the Lord Farmer just votes whatever they does oh you're right because oh, yeah. they're both you're right, you're right. um christian sorry i'm getting it confused with the lord mason who was yeah there's a lot there's of a lord, okay there's a lord artisan who is critically important we spent a lot of time with as everyone will recall <laughs> we totally all remember what she looks like but yeah so that's still annoying that kenton still makes rash decisions and not thinks through his actions in any way but that's the only time that happens in this and it's for a single page which is Fine, I guess. And so they're trying to figure out who, where they went. And Chris just goes back to Gavin and is just being really blatant about him being Gavin. And Gavin's like, no, are you, are you just trying to get me killed? And his exact, his quote right there. No. (laughs) (laughs) And so basically threatens Gavin to figure out where they went and then Chris learns and they need to go downriver to raise air. Yep, that that place that's great. Uh glad you pronounced that. And they need a boat. I didn't think it was that hard to pronounce. Well, there's I'm an L and an R next to each other and that's just kind of yeah. weird. Raise R. It's like Thalen. Just have to mash all of your consonants yeah, together. Yeah, I, I, I get that. So they need a boat, and uh, they try and charter a boat, and everyone's like, oh, no, we, we, we don't have any boats specifically for you, Lord Masteril. But Delius is here being amazing as usual, and he can just commandeer ships whenever he wants. Yep. How, how convenient. 
And we learn Admiral of the Helm. And we learn Ducky position. Yeah, we learn what's going on with the helm, which the Lord Admiral is is just a nothing position. It's it's a punishment, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he was too successful. And we, we learn a lot about his backstory. Um and is amazing. His backstory with Vey. Yes, yes. Oh, that's that's just it's mentioned in the first volume that Delius always votes opposite of Vey. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that 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 is true. Oh, I didn't realize. And that's and that's why Delius supports Kenton. But if he gets Vey support, then won't Delius not support Kenton? I think at one point Delius does say that. (laughs) Yeah. Fortunately, well, we'll we'll see. Kenton tries to overmaster now that they're just uh, on a ship and Kenton is, is trying to get more power and, yeah, you know, that, that overmaster, he thinks that that's a way to get more power that maybe the Sandmasters just lied. Uh, but he, like, nearly dies. Uh, he passes out, but he, he's fine. Uh, I, but- I really like that part, though, because it feels very, it's very classic Kenton where he just kind of stubbornly rolls the dice and decides he's going to take a massive risk and hope it pays off pushes through with the termination yeah extra yeah he could, he could die he you could not get his powers back you know what he's doing david what he's exercising his autonomy <laughs> the, i wish the, we got another bold-faced autonomy mentioned somewhere no in we didn't we didn't this time then, which is good. but uh th- there is a mention earlier in the book where uh, Kenton says, oh, we're all trapped. And that just felt to me like, oh, yeah, they're not being able to exercise their autonomy, right? That's that's what popped into my brain. A man's keeping them down. <laughs> no. So, and then we get even more Delius backstory where uh, he was just, was too successful. He bought a mine, but then he lost his fortune. Vey became the Lord Merchant because Vey got the mine. And... Apparently, you get Lock, the currency, from Lockstone. Okay, sure. What is, what I is mean, it it's not of? any weird from, like, digging gold out of the ground and no, using gold. I understand gold that. Out. I understand that. I what guess. If, I, want, if, I want to know what Lockstone is. Like, do they wear it in jewelry? Like, what other uses does it yeah, have that's, aside that's from being point. made of lock? <laughs> the stone isn't made of the coins. That's not what, what it is. But, in some ways... But then, hilariously, so he lost his fortune, but then he joined the helm and then got really rich, but then was punished by the the circle and to come yeah. the Lord Admiral and all he can get is free booze. And so he's using lots of wine and spending lots of money. Free booze and free he can commandeer any ship. That's right. That's because that's plot important. Indeed. Um, to get here. Maybe something else. I don't remember. Food. I, I want to say there were three things. It was like food, housing, not, and a ship. Oh, yeah. Like, I have to host him. Yeah. 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 Then they get to... Razer. Lerazer. Well, actually, um, there is a scene with Ice where she's, like, reading, like, the holy script. And she's like, huh, like, whoever is sending the assassins after you, like, is really bad at reading this book. Oh, right. That is act- that is actually an important detail. Uh, surprisingly yeah. so. Yeah, because apparently you're only supposed to attack on odd days, and they didn't do that uh, in that previous yep. assassin attack. Kenton doesn't have a sand for a bit because he overmastered. We get to a rich manor, which apparently just looks like any rich manor on Earth. 
uh because it's a manor and we got like regular trees we got evergreen trees but like we do see regular trees like throughout the rest of the book i, I guess like they do grow here it just doesn't seem like the climate that evergreens would live but that's all i'm the, saying the, the evergreens, evergreens are weird <laughs> yeah like but. i'm fine with their existing trees but those clearly look like a, a row of evergreens going down uh this imported like, from dark side that's yeah, how wealthy right, these yeah, people easy, are easy easy i mean that is actually very possible yeah Fortunately, well, they are rich, right? Like that—that that is possible. But, but wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Because why would you have trees like that on dark side when it's way darker? You would never get enough light. It's That's colder, true. right? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't even know what kind of plants they have. They should just have slime, probably. Their like plants glow in the dark. But... Yeah, but like you—you you wouldn't get enough sunlight. They wouldn't them. be green. Yeah. Yeah, they—they're probably feeding off of some way. Ever ultraviolet. Yep. Kenton originally thought that the DM owed the Lord Merchant 700,000 lock. And he's like, how could I ever repay that? But actually, the Lord Merchant owes the DM lots of money. How um, does, how bad is the Lord Master's record keeping that Kenton couldn't tell if this number was a dead or? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like, I, he's just like, huh. Must be what we owe. I don't know much about accounting, but I feel like a plus or minus sign is a kind of a big difference. And also, isn't there like accounts credited and accounts debited? Like, it, don't you put those on different lines generally? Yeah. Who knows? Praxton's terrible I, at everything. <laughs> I I kind of got lost in the logic of the whole repayment thing where he said essentially he was paying the lord master of tribute and then he would put it in the account and that would somehow cause the debt to grow no, and i'm what, like are they what, still taking money out of this account no 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 what what he's saying is that i i was confused by that too i had to reread that like three times <laughs> to figure out what that meant but no it's that the lord merchant is sending them two thousand lock every so while to uh-huh, as it, tribute to keep it a secret and oh, what well, don't they all pay them? Uh, did they not just historically pay them a tribute? I thought that was yes, the, yes, yeah. that the only yes, traditionally that is what was done. Most of the other professions have ceased doing, yeah, but that. only the the guild continued to do that, and that was to In secret to which, keep which it was, secret, yeah, and uh, okay, because they didn't like the DM, right? So mm-hmm. that that was the issue that, yeah, they. The Lord Merchant paid 2,000 extra lock, and then that just kept going into the DM's personal mm-hmm. fund, and thus in making yeah. the debt even more and more. Yeah, but that doesn't it, make that's not how you don't add money to a debt, and then it makes the debt bigger. Okay, let me let me explain this. <laughs> okay, so the Lord Mastral has an account with the guild, yeah, specifically mm-hmm. with the Lord Merchant. Uh huh. So, like, they're holding his money for him. Yes. So, the Lord Merchant is giving two thousand gold of his personal money, mm-hmm. of his personal fortune, to the DM as tribute. The DM is then turning around and is like, "Hey, hold on to this money for me," mm-hmm. and it's being added to hit their account. So that that's what's causing. So. Technically, the um, Lord Merchant's money is going down and the DM's account is going up. 
I guess. It just didn't seem like it would increase the debt to me because my understanding was at some point, like while they were holding the Lord Master's money, it had been used and therefore they essentially owed him that. And if he ever wanted to call that debt, he could. And that was yes. kind of the threat. So if he's depositing money in that account, it isn't really like, I guess it's just, it does subtract money from the Lord from the Lord merchant, if that is the whole point of that. But it doesn't make his debt bigger. It just gives him less money. Yeah, well, it started with the original Lord Merchant that made the deal, who used the money idiot. poorly and yeah. didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of, I guess at the end of this, what we can say is it may have been a tiny bit confusingly explained if we yes. just spent five minutes yeah. talking about it. Yeah, we also get another confusingly explained thing when the shipwright circle gets sick of Delius's crap, and they're like, mm, yeah, this- you're instant apparently (laughs) well yeah and they're like you're not gonna be lord admiral anymore and this when i was reading the prose i remember that this twist was my favorite of them Mm -hmm. uh of what delius Mm -hmm. did but it's still confusingly explained because delius even though he pretends to i mean i think he is a drunk but he he definitely plays up the part right he has fun with it, I think. Yeah, I he has think, fun with it. I don't think you drink that much wine and don't start to like it a little bit. Yeah, but he's he's like ready to go, and he knows exactly what he's going to do now uh, and that he's released from Lord Admiral. So his servants, and his particular his son, have lots of holdings, and so then he specifically... Yeah, it's, it's specifically his son that has the holdings. Right. I did a good job hiding that. Yeah. Well, no one knew that that was his son. But should like, that person have been were... an important part of the ship owner's circle? Like, if he had that much, if it was enough to make Dilius that important immediately, like, shouldn't that guy have been that important? Only if he, like, pressed the issue. Because, like, if he hid how wealthy he was, like, the. That's what I was saying. Like, they just did a good job hiding it. Otherwise, yes. they should have realized that was they were. Was his son ever mentioned earlier in this ever? No. That he had a son? No, because it was a secret. Yeah, but I just didn't remember that that person's face ever appearing before. Oh, I don't think he was mentioned as having there a servant There was a either. steward around. Oh, there was a steward. Okay, okay, great. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Because I was yeah. like, wait. His face looks, at least the faces are identifiable enough that you could be kind of like, is that that guy's son? Benefit. Oh, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah, I can see that. Basically, his son is going to go block... Kesare and cripple the helm and Delius makes his power play and makes the guy who I guess was the head of the circle makes him the Lord Admiral instead as a punishment because I think a lot of the ship owner's circle is Kirstian which is why they don't want the DM to like continue because the Sandmasters are unholy so like Mm -hmm. That, that's part of why they're like, okay, like, no, you're getting too close. Like, we need to get rid of Delius. Right. I right, keep yeah, thinking, yeah. I keep thinking the Lusandin should have their own religion. They but just they don't, don't, I guess. Yeah. No, or they're Kirstian. Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. strange. I don't understand the world building and <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know how the DM became important if they were always thought unholy by the majority of the people on this continent. Well, but because they're not, they're only considered unholy by Christians. But like a lot of the people in Lawsand are Christian. But not originally, I think. Yeah, like, but I what were they? Were they just all like a group of atheists that 
that's not how things normally i don't know that's just not how you don't normally yeah. see a lot of non-religious cultures this country especially is all non-religious on. it's like usually there's like, some sort of cultural thing yeah yeah or at least like a philosophy even if it's not a religion mm-hmm. like and that's why they but, that's why the kirstians had it really easy it's like hey we're gonna preach to you because no like i guess we, i didn't think I anything know. but now i've got that seems cool yeah like, so i found the blockade slightly disappointing because it makes sense like yes put a blockade around kazare and block all trade and you'll bankrupt the helm but in the book there were like mentions early on that like hey because there's this food and like resources of it were just like drying up and like kept on getting mentioned and then it turns out like the sun had just been buying all of it Oh, like, was it like the dissolve? Oh, really? Like, was it like the dissolve carapace the food that they eat? Like, had he bought like all of that, whatever that was yes. called? Okay. And then, like, so like the order was like, okay, like bring all of the ships with all of this food to Kazare and start selling it for like half its price, because like the ship owner circle had been like doing things to like hedge their bets, like to bring in food and make money. Yeah. But it was just going to undercut their prices. And, like, yeah, them. Uh, that's I, way more fun. I do remember yeah. it being much better in the prose because that was like the one thing in the prose in the ending that I like. I really liked this thing with Delius, and it was not as good in this personally because yeah. you don't really understand all of the politicking that's occurring. Mm-hmm. It just sort of happens, and then you wit- witness. I, I, it. I think it's a good simplification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like blockades make sense. Like people understand a good blockade yeah however yeah. it's not as fun delius is still yeah. a fantastic character love see him. i okay can i get to my complaint part of this now absolutely. or no absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. chapter yep yep okay so thing one why are they on this boat why are they sailing down the river to a different city we're not going to see anything about like there was actually a little bit more of this city if i recall in the pros where you kind of like oh this is like a little bit different than the capital we didn't really see that it was just like okay we sailed away so delios could have enough time to info dump on us about his past <laughs> which is i mean fun but like yeah that's, I, that's true that's that's totally I, true and like i want to preface that i enjoy delius as a character like the whole sequence is really fun but there's no for there's zero foreshadowing in my opinion like there's no way to possibly have any idea like what delios is going to do all his abilities as the guy who runs the helm come in like direct usefulness like it seems like he's been given abilities that will directly help him fulfill his role in the plot that i definitely agree with yeah yeah, and then he gets there and then the twist happens and he becomes he gets a whole new set of abilities that allow him to continue being useful in the plot And there's just no, like, we didn't think it was going to happen. There was no foreshadowing. He's a reverse traitor, in my opinion. Like, he's a reverse best friend of Kenton that makes his life so I much more convenient. I disagree that there was no foreshadowing. Because there are a few scenes where he's talking to his steward about Kenton. In, I, like, they, the like, first two, in like, the like, second. You could be like, okay, there's something weird about him, but he just, mm-hmm. I don't think Kenton earned his support like it's just very convenient that he is a powerful ally that allows kenton to gain the support of not only himself but his worst enemy and has all the right powers to do it it is convenient when you put it that way yeah yeah and and i just also found i didn't see 
when Kenton found out that he has that the debt is actually owed to him, there was no like he was just reading the notes. Then he's like, I'm going to give you a second time, Lord Vey. And this time I read more thoroughly, you know, like there's no twist. There's nothing he figured out or like yeah, some that, other piece of evidence exactly. that helped it. He it just, just happens off screen that. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, OK, like, yeah, it's it's a flawed story. So like these are like the flaws with the plot. But it's also like the politicking is cerebral and not exactly good if you don't get cerebral thoughts all the time you know like if i had to say what a graphic novel is good for i would definitely say more like action and stuff action and moving the plot along all politicking all the time which white sand is a lot of i think suits a visual medium less is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to get right, but you can still do it. I'm sure. So, yeah, it, it's just like Kenton, oh, we figured it out, and we're just kind of witnessing just things happen and not really understanding and realizing that ourselves. So. All right, chapter four. We're, we're moving along. Okay. Stuff's happening. Yeah. And There's another assassin attack. Yep, there's another assassin attack. The Kirstians look just like barbarians as usual. Uh, so consistent with that art there. Hey, all right, cool. I guess, yeah. Uh, and basically what happens is Eric gives in and he's going to be a badass and murders like all of them. Yep. I don't get Eric. Like, he's cool. I don't understand. I feel like I have like a 0% understanding of his psychology aside from the fact that he didn't want to be a fighter and then got forced into doing it, it and it broke him. I thought it made sense. Uh, I, it It seemed to me that he was really good at it and didn't want to he was scared that he was so good at it that was my impression. i just don't but i just don't get a sense of what he's doing or that he's moved on to a different life like he just seems like a guy who decided not to fight and now all he does is walk around and eat food and kind of grump in the background i don't know i didn't feel like you know how dalinar like was like a violent person tried to put that behind him and now he's a general and he's a father like he's got a whole different character but eric is not anything else he's just a guy who's really good at fighting who won't do that yeah does that make sense like it's just boring or like confusing to me i mean it makes sense to me that if someone's like hey my dad wants me to become this thing and i'm gonna rebel against that and not do any of those things and just laze around and be lazy but not, but not do anything, I guess. Like, maybe, maybe he, that's all it is. But it just seems like he would, he's like, okay, I guess I don't get to have a personality now. I'm just I think it's person. fine. I think it makes okay. sense. It's fine. He's like a boring pucky. <laughs> <laughs> we discover that uh, Kenton gets more ribbons uh, from Overmastery. And uh, he looks, it looks, it looks pretty cool. Sandmastering. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, that's, that'd be a good, that'd be a good por- portrait for the wiki. They wanted to put that in there. To be honest, yeah, yeah, it, it really kind of would. And uh, then... It's a slower chapter. Then we go to the tower to figure out where Rajant was because Rajant was not south. No one knows where he yeah. is. Yeah, that, that was the assumption that Re- Regent fled with Faye. Yep. So the fact that he was not down south was concerning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Turns out, uh, Sherazan okay. murdered Rajan really kind of brutally. Yeah. 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 So Kenton asks Ice, who is the track, like, hey, 
would you mind searching for this guy? Yeah. It's kind of your job. Yeah. And then and they then... do. And he's under the tower the whole time. And uh, the Daysiders are afraid of the dark. Makes sense. Sherazan like ripped the guy's eyelids off. And that, and, that yep. was handled about as tastefully as it could be. And I still was like, oh, that's really gross. Yeah, like, they, didn't, gross. they did not make it too gory, but I was like, ah. And made him stare at the dark until he uh, died. That's great. Mm -hmm. Fun. Sherazan, not nice. Nope. Not at all. And Ice has the realization that... Oh, so it's like mentioned here that like Rachin is like in under the power of Sherazan. Like Sherazan had influence over Rachin. Mm, sure, right. Which I don't think was ever established before this. And so Ice figures out that like the guy with the limp coming up the stairs early in the book was Regent, not Nilto. Yeah, I see. This is, I feel like in my head, this is like another low impact twist. It was like, fun, yeah, it but was like it's kind of like, impact. oh, okay, cool. You know? Just, yeah. The, the main reason he needs to die is so Eric can become the Lord General. Yeah. Basically. And a like, character. So heartbreaking because like he's like, you want to ask me, Kenton? Please don't. And then Kenton asks him. Which makes sense. And Eric says yes. Which is like, this is like the point that just like makes like the weirdness that is Eric's psychology like makes sense. Like this is like the shifting point. Like, okay, Eric is really screwed up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll stop complaining after this, but just final... I would feel more bad for Eric if I felt like he was sacrificing anything aside from just his, maybe, I, I assume it's his own mental well-being, which is not unimportant, but mm -hmm. he just seems to go from, he's like, oh, you want me to be sad? Okay. And then he just does it. But I wish he like, if he had a life, if he was giving something up, if he found meaning or purpose in something else that wasn't violence, well, I would have I felt more of an impact than Eric going, okay, I guess I'll stop doing nothing and do this thing that I hate. I think he just hadn't found it yet. That like he yeah. was trying to find something. I think that could have been shown a little more. Like, now all hope of that is lost. Yeah. Can't he just it's resign like, after this or run away? Potential of something. I guess maybe maybe he'll just like maybe it's just his psychology and he's like if he goes back he's resigned to it. But I feel like he can go raise his hand for Kenton and then get on a ship and peace out and no one has to ever know anything about him again. I don't think that. I think the fact that he has been fighting again has like brought back some trauma. I could see stuff, that, you know? And so like in this chapter, we see him killing a bunch of people. And then like, this is the final straw. And it, it was mm -hmm. the killing was more important to psychology than just yeah. the necessity of Kenton needing a Lord general. And like immediately after that, like we do start seeing a shift in his personality because like he's very formal with Chris mm -hmm. after that point. And she's like, what is going on here? Like he he doesn't act like this. Yeah. So yeah. and then it's just like Kenton asking him was that final stroke that like, OK, all hope is lost. Like I might as well just give up. I yep. need to get him a career counselor or something because it's just not... Is not working um, out for Eric. You know, he's he's there. Then we get chapter five, and what happens here? 
we learn who Sherazan is. And, and you will never guess who it is. Never. It because you forget that he's a character, but it's Tane, the uh another tract that was working on the case the whole time. And then Tane makes Ice do like a Batman choice. It's like, <laughs> like it, 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 it's exactly that. It like, is. It it's where, a, that's inaccurate. You you can either save your family or you can save an orphanage. And she grew up in an orphanage and that's really tense. Well, the, the choice between doing her job and yeah. like protecting her family, which is which, the central tension of her character. Yeah, that makes Agreed. sense. But like, yeah. why, why didn't Tane just kill her? right here in... I think I think it's a little vindictive like he like Ice has caused him Ice has almost okay, completely sure. destroyed his criminal enterprise right yeah okay 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 alright but fine is, is did you guys feel like Ice was maybe having like a panic attack or something during this scene because it seemed like she was having like some pretty strong like physiological responses where she when, was when breathing she a lot I think so yeah yeah absolutely yeah that that was yeah. well done I just don't understand why Tane just didn't kill her in in Sherazan's hideout thing. Like, why didn't he just do that? Why do we even need to do this Batman choice? What? Yeah. Because, like, he wanted to, like, screw with her even I, more. That is an acceptable enough reason. It's just... Like, it's a Batman decision choice. Know, yeah. You can't apply, like, normal person logic to Batman villains. Yeah. The thing is... Yeah, yeah, it, it's... It is. Yeah, that. he's not it the Joker. He's, but yeah. Then, even though Ice runs out of Sherazan's hideout, uh, and it, it is getting someone to save the orphanage and is running back to her place, somehow Tane got back to uh, Ice's family before Ice did. Okay, sure. Well, because Tane went straight to the house, like she I found guess. other tracks first. I guess that's true. I guess. I, I would prefer like to have seen like a little delay on ice, like uh, ice's start. Just put it did seem a little funny that they both run there. <laughs> it's just like running, 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 and Tane's just like, "Hey, I'm here already." Like, okay, uh, well, and, because like he knows where she, he's going, she doesn't. Yeah, that's it. True. Makes sense. Yeah, and Kenton gets there and thinks that Tane was an assassin to kill Kenton, I guess, and <laughs> attacks. Tane and saves Isis family. So like that's that's nice. Using unholy sand mastery in her home, I might add. Yeah. But she's very happy to have her family back. And this just I like Ice being female a lot. Like the I it it's such a good change in all three of these, mm -hmm. uh, that it's it's just really nice. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. So much better. Just an yeah, and it definitely, I think it made, like, the whole Christian society even, like, a little more interesting that it wasn't, that, like, it was, like, for its flaws, it was fairly um, egalitarian might be the right word, that, like, you know, she's a woman in the police force, it's not a big deal, you know? Mm -hmm. I guess so. But, I think I mean, it was a bigger deal in the prose, because, like, they were very, like, gender segregated, so it's, but Brennan's also already done that with roshar and yeah mm -hmm. so i think he i think things, he kind so. of pulled that back a little bit to make mm -hmm. it because it's just like uh, like you know but like the her being a police officer and that that's a lasandan thing not necessarily like a kareen thing right 
Oh yeah. No, so. yeah, it is. But I mean, like, I don't think it, she's pretty, she's pretty, um, what's the term like for like, she's very observant. So I feel like, you know, it's not as big a deal for her culturally. I, I thought it was interesting, like an interesting change from the press, yeah. but. So I, I can't say I particularly liked the Sherzan uh, reveal. Like it, I don't remember how it was in the pros, but I remember it having very little impact because I didn't remember that much in, in the Yeah, pros. I think it was pretty much this. It's like yeah. secret identity, secret thing. Like, what did we get? We got Delius, Vey, there's a secret thing. Sherzan, there's a secret thing. And we got one more coming up too. Then we have one more thing to do. And it's the duel. The and, the vote. And, the vote. and the vote and the vote and the vote yeah two two more things kenton all through this has been worried oh Dryel is so good at sand mastery he has 25 ribbons it, he's gonna wreck me and it's kind of cool that i guess everyone's like everyone in the city a lot of people all the important people are at this duel mm-hmm. uh watching because sand masters don't usually fight or they haven't for a very long time yeah Okay, has that, I guess that is my question. Has Dryle always had half of his head shaved? Because that was something I did not catch. I think I so. I don't remember. It just wasn't always very clean. Okay, yeah, because it, I don't it's, remember. It is much clearer now. It is very clear. And you know what? The duel looks pretty sweet. It does. It really yeah. looks like Dryle is being pushed up by 25 sand ribbons and just looking awesome doing it oh is that what they were going for with i think so yeah the whirlwinds is that it was just so. a bunch of individual ribbons that they didn't bother I think to that's draw what they, yeah yes yes that's oh. yeah, they really didn't draw <laughs> ribbons ribbons for sand mastery i'm glad they got like it right one. here because i remember in the pros that that was a huge deal it's like kenton has few ribbons and dryle has a lot that's the whole reason tell. why yeah <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this is this is why people thought White Sand might be good for Grabbing Owl because Sand Mastery itself is really fun and cinematic. So this is probably like the best that we're going to see in terms of visuals in the graphic novel for Sand Mastery. Or at least like, you know, this is the best, this is the peak the art's going to be mm-hmm. in terms of the story. It was pretty sweet. And looks like Dryle's about to win, but Kenton realizes actually i'm really good with a single ribbon and and like cuts through a bunch of ribbons but then dryl the same thing that happened in volume one where uh the sandmasters are going crazy with power uh and Mm -hmm. dehydrating uh that that's happening to dryl here as well and well i I think it's more like dryl was trying to do what praxton did which was like to master like a wave of massive wave of oh sand. that's right and that's what pushed him over the edge oh the right he right. does look a lot like praxton's last moments here it was but i kind of forgot that that's what praxton was doing and that's what trial was trying to do right it's not that the poison made them go crazy no no no. it's just like they dehydrated way yeah, faster it's than. the dehydration that, that did it it'd be, uh, be kind of fun though like dehydration fun. and insanity yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dryle collapses, and <laughs> no Sandmasters die under my my watch. Not today. Not ever. 
I mean, I, I don't think that's funny. Like, I think I that's think, like a really awesome moment. I just think it, I, I like the moment. It's just a bit melodramatic. That's what I think. Yeah. I think he was trying to make a point to the assembled masses. He's like, he has like, I have to show that Sandmasters have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. a perfect moment. That's true. Yeah, if, if there's a moment for drama, it's in the middle of a literal gladiatorial that, arena that's, with that's thousands true. of people cheering you. That's true. Yeah. Not saying it's not melodramatic, here, but it's like, this is the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Melodrama yeah, like isn't our... inherently a bad thing. No. Yeah. But this is our first major change to the prose, yes, I would say. major change. Yes. Dryl dies in the prose. He, br- he literally cracks in half, and his front half falls forward. Oh, I don't remember that. Becomes, I, just, I just looked at it. Yeah, like he just, he gets so dehydrated that he just crunches forward, and that's the end of him. Oh. That's gross. I'm really glad yeah. they didn't draw that. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no. glad too. Then the vote happens. Everyone votes for the DM. Uh, oh, sorry. The, the lady, the Lord Artisan was male and uh, the Lord Mason was female. Uh, and I got those mixed up earlier. Well, sorry. She, they look feminine, but they're still a Lord Mason. I don't know if that's supposed to be a Lady Mason. But they call her Lady Judge? They do, I, I think. They call her Lady Judge. Huh. So. Probably should be fair. Lady Mason, but I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe it's a historic. Maybe it's like a weird historical quirk, or it's yeah. just carelessness. So everyone votes for uh, Kenton, except the lady judge who makes ice uh, render the decision, and ice mm-hmm. votes for the DM uh, because mm-hmm. Kenton saved her family. Mm-hmm. And I think you know to slightly expand on that, like they had, she had come to respect him as a person yes. even by the beginning of this volume. Indeed. Yeah. And, and, like, there are a lot of, like, introspective, like, thoughts about, like, can you be honorable and unholy at the same time? And Ice and Kenton have been good in this entire thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. It has. And I do think it is mostly earned, the, this moment. Mm-hmm. It's just, good thing Kenton uh, was there just in the nick of time. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah, he didn't, and he, you know, he didn't kill that guy thinking he was saving ice's family he was like oh my gosh my life's in danger yeah. oh did i save your family yeah, yeah. awesome yep and so the dm saved and then we get probably the only real art thing that's weird is that there's an iv or what looks like would be an iv an iv yeah, an IV bag for Dryle, which is in one panel and not another. So it's a teleporting IV bag. Important. That's okay. I could see them having IVs, I will say. Because I feel like, you know, Mistborn, they're a little advanced in metallurgy. If you're on a desert planet with people who use water to use magic, maybe they figured out how to put some water in them, you know? It's yeah. certainly less egregious than the boombox or the ceiling fan. Yeah. yeah. But IVs are pretty advanced, so I, I, I yeah. don't know. See, with the ceiling fan, I just imagine Praxton sitting in there with, like, one tendril of sand, just, like, periodically pushing on it to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... Didn't we joke that the there's undermastrels under the DM push, pushing a lever <laughs> with sand we? mastery? Yeah, I think so. It's been a while since. It's been a while. Last... I, I remember That's... making that joke. <laughs> and then the one last thing is that, whoa, who poisoned DM? Who poisoned the sand masters? And it... it turns out it's Ellerin, 
who poisoned the bull in particular uh, to make the Sandmasters dehydrated. Uh, How do you poison a bull? Is it just really porous? And he like managed to get it in. Like, you know, isn't someone like, hey guys, there's some weird stuff in the bottom of this bull. I think it was like a coating. Yeah, like a, maybe. That like, would just like slowly dissolve into the water. So like even if you drink off the water and you put more water in it, it would dissolve into that as well. I'm sure there's like a technical explanation. Just it wasn't incredibly intuitive when I thought about it. I was just like, what do you mean he poisoned the bowl? Like there's 500 of them. Did they all, how much poison was in this bowl? Enough. A lot. Enough. And Mm -hmm. turns out Ellerin converted and Mm -hmm. saw the Sand Lord. And we get to see. Who looks cool. Who looks awesome. Yes. That is super cool. One of one of the coolest panels. There's some really cool art in this. Yeah. And this is yeah, one of I them. Feel, and I totally, I completely buy this. I'm very interested that Bobadin or whatever, you know, autonomy is on Talon at this point, directly yeah. interceded in an attempt to destroy the Sandmasters. Yeah. I, I could believe that. I mean, I, I, I don't think the art is lying to us. Like, I think that is what... It, what this no. is saying, right? What he saw, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could only assume that that is what that means, right? It, is, it, is this new? Did he, did he have this explanation in I the prose that he had met the Sandmaster? The, the Sandlord? The Sandlord, I want to say, but like, because it was text, it's not like we get a, like a flash to, oh, wait, he actually saw yeah. something. Yeah, this is the benefit of this media. Mm-hmm. It's very striking. Like, the benefit of this medium is we can move fast through scenes and scene transitions super fast, and that's nice. And we can just say, later, we're doing this other thing. Great. And then we get to pan to this panel that has uh, the Sandlord. And you know what? I'm going to go into uh, the Who's That Cosmere character mode so we can show this on screen, because it looks sick. It looks... So cool. You so, have that vision? Maybe you maybe you quit Sandmastery and become Kirstian. Or Kareen. Like, is that what if I was just walking around the desert and that appeared in front of me, I'd be like, oh, maybe I need to listen to this thing. I mean, I don't really understand Bobadin's motivation for doing this because maybe she doesn't like it. Yeah. Does she have motivations? You know, like who knows what I don't what yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what autonomy's motivations would be. Mm-hmm. And Ellerin Tries to kill Kenton, but Kenton gets him first. And yeah. one little props to the art again that I'll point out is they actually do a pretty good job if you look making sand turn black when it is like either gotten wet or like it's oh, used yeah. to kill someone oh, really? or when and you can see in Kenton and Dryle's duel, you can see black ribbons falling away that they've counteracted from each other. Mm-hmm. Like even going through if you look at the one where he's killing him. Oh in this wow, scene, yeah, there is a lot of back. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So that's like good. internally consistent world building, great. That is okay, good. That's that's good. I did not notice that. Kenton offers Ice to be his bodyguard, but Ice refuses and is gonna look towards her family. And well, we'll we'll talk about what how things end up. And then we kind of get a little mm-hmm. epilogue thing. They're loading up the we ship. We do. Yeah, they're bringing a bunch of sand back to dark side uh mm-hmm. and chris's goal is to charge the sand 
Oh, we kind of glossed over this earlier. Gevin says, oh, yeah, the sand, the sandmasters can't help because you need to charge the sand. But mm-hmm. the same thing is that Kenton says this a chapter earlier. And so Gevin saying it again is just and then gets through to Chris that, oh, yeah, uh, it doesn't yeah, work. The, the fact that, like, Chris doesn't because it's, it's never made a secret. Like, it's no, never. Like We, we yeah. learn very on in like, that. that, like, this is how it works. It was it was more of a secret in the pros. Like yes. Chris had never figured out how sand recharge. Like it just hadn't come up, and so she kind of assumed that it just did it on its own until someone mm-hmm. explained it to her. And Gavin did so in that yeah. scene with him. And I definitely like that it wasn't a big secret because in the pros, I just felt Chris was dumb for not figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. Personally. Well, Kenton was a little Kenton was a little less forthcoming in the pros too. Like he That's let her. He was he kind of messed with her a little bit just for fun. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But Yeah, and they're taking another sandmaster with them to Darkseid. I don't remember his name. Uh but they're bringing at least yeah. one with them. Yeah. Dirin. I think. Yes. Or Dirin, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Whereas like in the pros, Kenton decided to go and left Dirin in charge. Right. Yeah. Big change. But this makes more sense. Because he, you can't just, I united, I, the DM, I did it. Uh, I'm leaving. Bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that. like the week after, like, Chris's ship left. So it was just like even weirder. So oh. He's like, oh, I'm sad now. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Like, you don't save the organization and then walk away from what is going to be the hardest part, which is actually living what he said they were going to do, you know? like it was it was a lame ending for kenton and it just seemed kind of i definitely felt like there was more of a kenton chris romance in the pros and in this it was not kind of like they weren't like together by means but there was like a little bit of an attraction and there was not that in this stronger in the earlier volumes like much less so in this volume Mm -hmm. dryle is like all pro kenton now even though i thought even though i thought like didn't dryle contract with the rim kingdoms uh it was to, like, he definitely that, been in contact yeah yeah that yeah. was his plan so i mean i guess i buy it kenton didn't kill dryle and mm-hmm. it was a pretty momentous occasion and saved dryle and mm-hmm. it makes sense but given that he was so anti-kenton it's mm-hmm. uh, does kenton well kenton does be- say they're gonna start charging for some of their services i think which is one thing dryle did that, that is what one thing that yeah. Dryle wanted, yeah. Yeah, and it's like partly because Dryle didn't think Kenton could do it. Like, it's like, right. you're a weakling, like, you're not going to be able to yeah, do this, true. like, That's just true. let me do it. Yeah. But, and then, like, Kenton does everything he said he was going to do. It's like, oh, okay. And, like, he's also, like, willing to do some of the things Dryle wanted to do. So it's like, okay, like. And I think the yeah. reason why Dryle was com- was contracting with the Rim Kingdoms is because they just expected that they would need to leave Lasand. I think that's yes. true. There was no he believed it to be impossible that they could even stay. Right, it, right. Mm-hmm. It's. I wish there was like a little bit more there, or like they showed Dryal kind of portraying like a contrast, like like a scene of Dryal kind of contrasting with Kent in terms of leadership to show they would kind of be, you know, that they weren't like a hundred percent on the same page, mm-hmm. but. I mean, you know. it, it makes sense if you think about it, but it is a bit of a hard right turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they go from enemies to 
best buddies, you know, leader yeah. and second in command. Gr- Grace wants a uh, Kenton and Dryle romance. That, that's what she wants. In this. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what she was sure. telling me. Ice says, oh, yeah, um, I guess we're going to go into the deep sand and we're going to go to the capital of Kirsta and we're, we're going to see how that goes. This actually... I don't even know if, in terms of the whole whatever's going on with, is the is the religion named Kareen, you said, Eric? Kareen. The Kareen, the Kareen philosophy. philosophy. There's like a tiny bit more in the end of the prose having to do with that whole plot line that just gets cut from this entirely. Do you remember what that was about? Because I don't. Yeah, because essentially, so the Akar, I believe his name is like, yep. you know, the, the, the Pope of their religion, the head yep. is essentially the priest. Yeah, like the head of the priest faction. I can't yeah, remember, the, the but there's other factions. Priests, yeah, yeah, as opposed to merchants, and I believe the third one was warriors. Yeah, like and they made warrior priests too. But, but so essentially, that, that was he was about new. that was the new Daikin. Yeah, but he was he was the uh, Akar had been the head of the priests, and he had a lot of influence. But it seemed like, or no, he was not. He was not the head. It was still the lord. It was the merchant. The merchant was the leader of the country. Of the country, yeah. And, he, and yeah. the Akar wanted to be the leader of the country. Oh, is yes. the Akar not the same thing as the leader? Okay. No. There we the go. The Akar's oh, just the head of the priesthood, I think. Uh-huh. Yes. And they're worried that the head of the priesthood is going to win this vote, and yeah, in the right. end, he doesn't. And yeah, then because suddenly, the DM survives. So that, that's the DM this survives. Yeah, his, you know, his whole thing is, is messed up, and the merchant is going to be the leader of the whole country again. But then he seizes control and essentially declares himself the de facto well, leader of the country because it's like a like a vote like yeah like, it's a, the, the, the vote narrowly goes to the lord of the merchants yeah and what the akar does is like seal all the rooms is like okay now we're going to vote again uh-huh and i'm gonna win this time yeah yeah so i Which, who knows if that's gonna it be canonical or not it's, i hmm. don't know because we do get this one scene with lady helis Mm-hmm. where like she asks like one of her people are we out of touch filled who responds i think not lady helis the news from kirkadansha suggests it is the akar who is out of step out of step do tell his support crumbled in light of news of the du- dm's reinstate <sighs> okay yeah so i guess that's just not a thing anymore yeah the akar is res- resolute he won't stand for that lo- um stand won't long stand for that i wonder what will come next Okay, so, so I guess like, little... it could happen, but it's not as immediate. So presumably that would be a villain in like Ice's plot in a sequel thing, I guess. Because yeah, if Ice there's some sort of sequel involving Ice, up. yeah, it seems like I just like the fact that it is the Akar who is out of step. Like, what is Lady Helis's like involvement with all of this? Like, what are they out of step with? Like, yeah, this is, is like one of the things that like alarm bells were going off what? in my yeah, brain oh really what is that it definitely in my head it was more i am an important leader of the country of lost sand i am watching about political events with our only you know th- like the only main country that is a threat to us i'm watching these events is the akar out of step with what's going on or are or is our belief correct that he is not going to be the leader essentially i took it more as he, as her watching enemy politics as opposed to her having some sort of stake in it but I see, I see how you could also think that. Yeah, it, it's just like it's it's weird, and it doesn't help that Moffatin is just like creeping over Lady Helix's head. There's a head lot of one. cloud faces in this, and it's pretty blatant this time. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked the old cloud faces a tiny bit more because I felt like they were a little harder to catch. And now I'm like, oh, there's a face. There's a face. I, I do like being able to tell that like, oh, yeah, there's definitely a female face looking over here. Like, what is she looking at? Yeah. yeah, and it's not always clear, too. Like, there's a couple times where I'm like, what is she interested in this for? But I, th- I think with the out-of-touch thing, I thought she was... Because it's panning from the DM, and so I was thinking that she was referring to, are we out of step with how the country feels about the DM and the Sandmasters? Oh, like, are, are we ourselves out of step as leaders of this country, maybe? That's how I interpreted it, but I can uh, see why... Hmm. Ian, you're like, wait, what is going on with that? Because it is kind of weird, for sure. Mm-hmm. I can see the enemy politicking thing as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. So, oh, we, we kind of glossed over the fact that Ellerin was the person sending uh, the assassins for Kenton, which is why yeah. he was bad at reading uh, what the Kareen book was. Yeah. That's how underwhelming a twist it was. Yeah. And we also <laughs> yeah, it was the yeah. fact that um, Ice's husband is like, like we will go with you to the deep sand yeah oh yeah because like she wanted to go and talk to via car i think yeah yeah i I tend to visit her kadansha at the capital maybe the akar the holiest man on the sand can answer my questions yeah ice will be our akar plot line if there is some sort of sequel that follows her 100 percent. that makes me believe more that the akar will seize control of the whole government in my opinion but it will actually, someone will be there to see it rather than just a random epilogue. Yeah, where we're like, oh, hmm. Yeah. Well, Brandon in his early Brandon books really likes like, oh, there's the epilogue and something crazy is happening. And <laughs> will you get the sequel? Never. Uh, oh, yeah. Was, but, you know, he still, he still likes to pull it out on us. Dropping Nightblood at the end of a book. I guess and you're it like, feels oh. different when uh, we actually know that we're getting a sequel. <laughs> that that, that kind of helps. Mm-hmm. Right, but yeah, right, you're right. right. That is a thing Brandon yeah. likes to do. And then one last change. Oh, there's Hoyd, by the way, in case you were looking yep. for him. Yeah, He's saying. Last thing. Oh, sorry. This is the formal epilogue in Passage to Elise, because you know, you gotta have Hoyd in the epilogue. But yep, so it's Hoyd in here. Uh kind of doing a very similar thing to what he did in Stormlight Epilogues. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is his as close as he gets to a fourth wall break for me, though, in his little song he's singing here, though, where he essentially is going, the further away the story is from the author to the reader, the weirder it gets, and the harder it is to tell what they mean. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm talking about with this graphic novels. That's just unrelated. <laughs> but more important than Hoyd and the cloud face that's uh, in this end is that Bayon has a massive stream of power when he's tested for sand masteries, and so Bayon can be a sand master. I don't even know what to make of this. I believe this is a new development that Brandon decided on because he's called Bayon a character without access to any powers before, like years ago when someone asked him. It does feel like a newer thing, yeah. But also what is very interesting is that if you go back to volume one and see the test where Dryle and Kenton were tested, Dryle's like beam of light was like a foot, two feet tall. This is a cloud beam. A lot more. It's, like, it's an Avengers cl- yeah. cloud beam. Yeah, it's, a, sky, it's beam. a sky beam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a tesseract is right there. <laughs> right there. <laughs> 
So if like the size of that like reaction is supposed to be indicative of how powerful a sandmaster is, oh, and Ryo is have, like, like really powerful. How powerful is Bayon? He should have several hundred ribbons of sand, just if that's proportional in any way. Yeah. Overmaster and a couple times. Of course, there's Bavadin watching. And then it just ends. But, uh, yep. I mean, hope things work out for Chris. Yeah, we're, we're done. <laughs> they, must, they must somewhat, because she lives. <laughs> right. So if you didn't listen to our last episode on Words of Brandon, Brandon talked at Dragon Con about how they will be doing dark side graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Which is good, because Woo-hoo! this is an ending, but there's clearly a lot more that can happen on Taldane. Right? Yeah, it is way less cliffhangery, which I so appreciate, because the end of the prose is, this is book one of a trilogy. But, How in my opinion... How like, cliffhangery uh, was like, the first one? Was the like Kenton, like, leaves for, to, like, get on a ship. You don't know how that's going to go. He's just going to follow Chris to where she's going. Right. The whole car mm-hmm. thing takes over. They don't think there was really, like, an ice plot line. That was just kind of, like, ice powder that I don't remember anything about. Well, I think... I don't remember. I definitely, it definitely felt way more. This felt like a more of like a closing and like more of an ending to me, if that makes any sense. Did wrap Maybe up that's just my most opinion. Most of the plot threads, it's like we figured out who Sherzon was. We figured out what happened with the the Sandmasters and why they they all lost in the beginning. And like, okay, fine. And Pan's a Sandmaster or something. I do like this ending better. I rather strenuously did not particularly like the ending of the original white sand uh, you didn't like any part about original white sand no no that is not that is not true that you is not true dating a lot that is not true because i thought the beginning was really good but then See? when they get to kesare then it's just all politicking all the time which has really nothing to do with the beginning and that's why i fundamentally like didn't really liked the book because I was really into the beginning and like the deserty stuff that was happening at the beginning and then and like Kenton oh, you thought, going, it, was, you thought it was gonna be like a desert like they were gonna be in the desert for the whole it's time. It's called white gonna... sand not bunches <laughs> of politicking. What do you think? Okay. Like oh, I just wasn't sure what the promise you had felt had been promised to you. That's interesting. Okay. I mean there's like not really politicking involved in the beginning of the prose right? So it, it was fair. it was just jarring to be like so you have to talk with all the Taisha and convince all the Taisha, and that's what the rest of the book's about. Anything else doesn't matter. We're saving the DM here. That's that's what we're doing. There definitely could have been fewer Taisha. There's a lot of Taisha. I mean, you you want the, in a Brandon book, you want the depth of world building for it to feel like mm-hmm. a place uh, that oh yeah it could actually function. We get definitely less world building here. The part that I really didn't like. Other than the whoa, crazy reveals of things, was that Kenton goes through the entire book of White Sand trying to be like, how am I going to beat Drial? Like, I, I got to beat Drial. I got to get stronger and better. And I'm going to overmaster. I'm going to get more ribbons. But turns out my entire overmastery and nearly dying overmastering doesn't matter because the power's inside me all along. Well,. <laughs> Because all I need is I one ribbon. Really, really enjoyed that part. As do I. Because it's, it's I'm like, in the minority on this. But I really like, hate it. Because it's like all throughout the book, Kenton was like trying to fight Dryle on Dryle's term. 
Like he's never going to have as many ribbons as Trials does. That's just a simple fact. But he was trying to like, okay, like I'm going to get like as many ribbons as I can fighting that way. Like he's always going to be at a disadvantage. In contrast, like at the very beginning of the book, like he says, like I can do as much with one ribbon as you Mastrals can do with 25. Like he has trained for 15 years. I don't know how old Kenton is. Like, I think it was eight, but yeah. Eight, eight, eight years. Like he has trained with one ribbon and he can do some phenomenal things with one ribbon. So the yeah. fact that like he's trying to like use like five, like he hasn't trained for five ribbons. I see that, but I can only compare to Mistborn where Vin learning the magic system was useful. Whereas here, it's like, we're learning about the magic system, and it wasn't even useful for the last conflict. Like, we just we just could have cut that entire part out, and it wouldn't have mattered. And that's the say, part that I didn't like, that we spent so much time worrying about it in the prose, and dealing with that, and trying to do that, that it just felt like it was a waste of time. I disagree, because it's Kenton's realization that, like, oh, wait... The power was inside me all along. Like, that's the important thing. Like, that could not have happened if he hadn't gone through all of that training. I think that the difference you're seeing there is in Mistborn, the the magic system is there to help drive the plot. Like, it allows Vin and Kelsier to do fantastic things. It allows, you know, it allows everything to happen. Alamancy enables them to overthrow the final empire. But in this, the magic system is more about Kenton's character. And so he spends his whole time. It's a character reveal. It's not a plot thing. And so I guess that's just kind of how it like Kenton has always like it. Even if you like, I think the prose is a better job of it. But Kenton Kenton started off with a pretty pure belief that he could do as much as any master with his one ribbon. And that ended mm-hmm. up being on some level true at the end. And he kind of got away from his defiance just because it felt good. He turned into a leader. And he stopped like trying to become something he wasn't and just embraced what he was oh, see, and was I successful. I think it's better in this. Like I have much less oh. of an issue with it because it's, because it's just simpler it, in that to me. It doesn't but. feel like Kenton's constantly trying to get more ribbons. And my problem with the prose is it's just really long for what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's really long. The the graphic novel is snappier. We're moving between place to place a lot faster. Our side quests get done in a chapter, and that's fine. Like in volume two when they went on the sandling hunt, right? That was just a chapter. And then yeah. we go back to the main city. That's fine. I like mm-hmm. that better. And mm-hmm. I get what you're saying, but I still think the way the pros did it, I I personally did not like it because the book was too long. And if I'm generally thinking the book's too long, then it's like, why did we even need to do that crap? We just didn't need to do any of that, and we just could have cut it all, and it would have been exactly the same. And that's that's just but it wouldn't have. But it, it would not have been the same. Eh. Oh, I know I'm in d- the minority, but uh, like it was a waste of time uh, in the things we did not mention. Slatification not ending up being a thing that Dryle even tries at the end. Yeah, How it's was just that not in the this in time. That was in the pros. He tries to slatrify yeah. to like hydrate himself and keep fighting, and then. Kenton still beats him. Like yeah. it was kind of a weird thing Kenton, where you're like, like, "Oh no, he's gonna win." Kenton's like goes through the, like the hand <laughs> with like what his ribbon and just like 
So like all of the stuff just drains out of Oh, does Ryle's he? Hand. I forgot about yeah. that. Oh. It's like super nasty. Yeah, I thought there was a word of Brandon where Brandon said he was going to fix saturation, and I guess the fix is ignore it ever existing. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. hasn't been happy with it. So I, I'm not surprised he didn't want it to make it a element of the finale if it's a thing he's not happy about the magic system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I mean, it's definitely better that we just ignore that that's a thing, unless it's going to matter. Yeah, yeah but saturation just... Uh, kind of, we're, we're we're just ignoring that. I don't know. Uh, what what did you guys think of White Sand as a whole? Prose versus the graphic novel as well. Like, what 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 do you think? Um, I would say at the end of the day, like this is a stronger story than it was in the prose. I think that they did a good job, of, like a a pretty decent job adapting what is an Elantris level story, which is not a bad yeah, thing. That, it's it earlier is, in Brandon's career. If if Brandon wanted to go through and rewrite it from the ground up, would it be better now? Yeah, it would. Is it a project he's interested in doing? No, he wants to write Stormlight. He wants to write Mistborn. He wants to ideally get us those Elantra sequels. Which are, uh, I mean, yeah, th those are all good decisions. Do that. Yeah, but, and so at the end of the day, like, I think it is, it is better. It Something has to be the worst part of the Cosmere. And for me, this is it. But it's not... It's, it's not as bad as the prequels. It's just not great. Like the Star Wars prequels? Yeah, mm -hmm, exactly. That's what I meant by prequel. Okay, but. great. Yeah. Um. So I still don't know if White Sand was the best choice for a graphic novel adaptation. Yeah. But I think Dragonsteel has learned some very important things. Like that if future graphic novels like are on the tier of this volume three, that I am hopeful for the future. I think yeah. it, it will mm -hmm. be good. It would have been nice if we had gotten to this level at the beginning. I think a lot of the negative sentiments towards White Sand wouldn't have emerged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not to mention release dates. That would have been nice. Oh, this yeah. has been a mess in terms of release. It's so sad this is the best one. It's had the worst release. Yeah. I, I did like it. I do think... Well, it's hard because I haven't read volume one or two in a while and i definitely haven't read the prose in a while it's been a long time since we've read the that's how much we love the early parts of this adaptation we read them all the time yeah that i'm very curious to see like how well people who have not read the prose react to, to this like are there going to be things that are just confusing but mm -hmm. because of our knowledge of the prose like we're like oh okay yeah that's what happens here that is true. I definitely was like, oh, I remember what's going on. Delius is going to become the leader of this, of the, of the Merchant Circle. Okay, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I always remembered that was cool. <laughs> so I'm hopeful for the future of graphic novels in the Cosmere. Yeah. And I think, Eric, what you were saying earlier, that kind of made something clear for me, which is the book was really long and kind of dragged it sometimes. And they made it a lot snappier. Yeah, they totally but I think, But I think in making it a lot snappier they should have been a little bit better about cutting some things because some things that had more space in the prose now turned into kind of like a one-off, like, Oh, what, what was that? Like, there's just too many betrayals, you know, like they should have, yeah. they should have simple, yeah. they should have streamlined the plot instead of just more, yeah. making everything happen faster. Yeah. Like I, I do think some things needed more context than they got. And the world building is weaker and not, not just yeah. because of the art. Like we, you don't mm -hmm. understand they side as well as you should really yeah you don't get the professions has a name yeah 
Yeah. We learned we learned the DM, we learned the helm, the hall, the hall. and yeah. the guild. There's like four more professions. Yeah. We, it's we just learned, so much easier to have Kenton yeah. riding on a tonk thinking and going like, oh, I know how this, you know, the sand pneumatic pump Zinkelin thing works, you know, and he can explain yeah. it to us and we just see them shoot stuff. Whereas, yeah, here we, we don't really get that. But the story was snappier. But yeah, too many betrayals at the end, I think is, that's that super valid because we just don't need that many. It's the Elantra syndrome. Everyone has yeah. a secret identity and we need... And Brandon realized he needs to cut some. Probably overall, the story was better. I, volume three, like, it was perfectly enjoyable. Uh, it's nice because a lot happens. Yeah. Things are always happening. And not surprising that the ending is the best part. Whatever Brandon's story you're reading, that's not that surprising. <laughs> but, you know, if, if you would compare it to the Star Wars prequels, episode three is better than the first two because a lot more happens. And thing, a lot of things happen here, yeah. and I like that. So it's it's pretty good. So yeah, world building weaker, but maybe overall stronger story. Just it's not perfectly matched for a graphic novel, right? Mm -hmm. Nah. Like yeah, the duels. Some of the best part, like in this, we get some of the best reasons that it can be a graphic novel, but we also get mm -hmm. some of the drawbacks in like. Ah, this is a cerebral accounting puzzle that we fix. Like, that, yeah. that's yeah. harder to do in a graphic novel. Yeah, just like a thought bubble with a bunch of math symbols above Kenton's head. And you're like, <laughs> I love it. He's yeah. thinking real hard. Accounting. And, and like we said, they were adapting for this story. Whereas for future graphic novels, like, it will be original to this medium. So, do so you hopefully, think like, it will be more streamlined because like you can't do as much in a graphic novel. You'll, they'll it'll be written to the strengths of the medium. Yeah, I would hope rather so. than trying to shoehorn it like, okay, there was this thing. Like yeah. how can we cut it up? Yeah. And make it fit. I'm pretty optimistic about uh future Dark Side comics. I am so glad the two of you have said that, because that is not at all what you were thinking. In our last, well, like this. Oh no, like, yeah, not at all. It's what I was thinking. I was really pretty strongly negative, and was hoping they would never do another one. I mean, this shows promise. You know, like it, 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 it ended on a high note for for the three, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, it will probably hold up better now that people can read all three at the same time, and you don't need to wait a year and a half through a yes. third of a story. It's like that's a, one of the major problems that people had with. The, uh, Wheel of Time. Yeah. It was the end. It's like people were like waiting years for a book and then like, okay, like, but I didn't get to see any of the characters I like. Right. Whereas if you read them now, like straight through, it's fine. It works a lot better. Yeah. You're like, oh, I could just burn through a thousand pages of minor characters and then I'll get back to Rand. Presumably, <laughs> I mean, I haven't read Wheel of Time, but presumably those, those build to something and matter. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, this 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 shows promise. Uh, I yeah. I would still like them to really have like a concrete release date, and I'm worried about, let's say, the quality of the writing. Because one thing that we talked about in our previous White Sand episode was 
ah, if they go even more off script because Brandon doesn't have time to write a script, then like, how good is well, that going to be? Then how good is that writer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It depends on like how much Brandon writes himself, which like writing a script for a graphic novel does not take near as much time as writing a, like he could like, he could bang out a pretty good outline. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like, dialogue is like like i think brandon does completely serviceable dialogue but i don't think dialogue is like i'm not reading brandon's dialogue for the most part unless he's really trying for like really highly impact scenes and going like oh my gosh this is great you know like normally it, it's just pretty workmanlike so i'm not worried about yeah if the, if the shape of the story is good i think it will be good okay, fair so we just want the shape of the story to be good uh yeah which i think he can okay he can yeah. do because like he would have to do that anyway if like he was yeah. going to write it out so like now he just only has to do that and then it can get turned over to yeah other would people. we here's a question how important do we want potential future graphic novels to be to the cosmere like do because because white sand feels like a side quest to me right now unless maybe something yeah. later will be really important but it feels pretty fully optional in terms of understanding the cosmere so like do we want if something big happens in the sequel graphic novels, are we excited about that? Or are we kind of like, ugh, like, you know. I am. Okay. Because, like, this is um, Chris's origin story. Like, she's very important for the cosmos. And I yeah. will say, like, in these three, it's a pretty disappointing origin story, considering what we know of her later. Mm -hmm. Like, it, there's not... I would hope in Dark Side we get a lot more Chris and it gets way more awesome, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. For her, specifically. Right. Chris could definitely be made to shine a little more in a book that she should probably be probably be the most important character. Like Kenton is obviously very important, but Chris yeah, is like, going I, to be I, so important. If in a Stormlight metaphor, like White Sand was very much Kenton's book. Yeah. Whereas I think yeah. now we would be getting Chris's book. Yeah, that that is true. And so that would be very important for a dark side thing. And I think that mm -hmm. I think she'll have to do more science because she specifically said, Hey, we got to figure out how the sand's going to be charged on dark side. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that, then we're good. Then we're great. Cause I guess we I'm, got Bayon, And so we're fine, I guess. Well, Think about this too. Like this could be Chris's like, you know, she did a little bit of background research in the sand. She looked at it under the microscope. She's doing her early theorizing. But this could be the first time Chris is really digging into the mechanics of a magic system, trying to get sand to recharge on dark side and trying to find some way to plug yeah. into a power source over there. Starting to figure out about investiture and problematic yeah. theory. And that'd be really fascinating to see. Yeah. Okay, in my brain, like, this seems like that could be really cool. It, it has so much potential, but so did this, you know, so it's hard. Well, to... I mean, the, the, the thing is, as we read the prose, if you subscribe to Brandon's newsletter, you can also read the prose and mm -hmm. you can you can see it's an earlier Brandon story. And Brandon's just gotten so much better at plotting things that, yeah, if he has a good outline that's solid, then uh, maybe we could do it. I would just hope that the implementation is good, right? Because mm -hmm. the original art and stuff is not great and i would love a consistent artist for whatever next yes, series like if it's yeah. it doesn't have to be like you know if there's like a sequel series to that like they can have someone else but if they're doing three volumes or doing two volumes like just have the same art throughout 
I don't know how easy that is for people who follow uh, yeah, graphic novels or comics, but works. But yeah, having an artist switch mid book is probably not ideal. I mean, it, it artists changing all the time is like it, it. It happens in comics. Do they do, do they normally do a better job trying to match the previous style, no. or is it is it okay? All right, no, it, it's generally like artists have their own style. Okay. So. And it's just so you either medium thing. similar or you're like, oh, okay, it's going to be different. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Live and learn. And it's uh, like very often they'll like try for Batman has had a lot of different artists over the years. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Generally, like for like the current one, there's like one or two main artists and like every so often, like, okay, this issue will be like by this artist, probably depending on schedules and. Such. That def- okay that could definitely be kind of cool if like, like you know if you match the art style of the story and stuff that's that's interesting that's I almost guess, like more like cinematography i guess okay. that makes more sense to me for like marvel dc comics like something like batman mm-hmm. obviously has gone through many iterations and is a long-running thing rather than three volumes it's like in three yeah, yeah. in three and, and volumes like, it feels like come on there's three of them yeah because like also like artists like artists are very important for comic books yes obviously so it's like they have a following as as much as like the writers do right Mm -hmm. whereas like here it's like been very much oh this is like brandon's story yeah and like the artist isn't really talked about as much even though almost as much to the final product yeah oh yeah like i feel like i honestly feel bad though i was just thinking i don't know who the artist is even though i don't really care for their like, at least the Fritz first is for this last one okay go fritz but this is great thank you so much thank you fritz yeah i, I think I, well, I should check that no it is it is it is i just went okay. to the beginning i definitely liked this last one and the art was fine I, I i wouldn't say like anything particularly special but uh like the sand mastery looked cool and i could tell who's who most of the time so i'll, I'll take that if that's that's there what were- i need to do then great there were some. I thought there were some really good, like full page images where they kind of focused mm-hmm. on a single moment that I thought looked really cool, and it was mostly in the duel. But yeah, yeah, but just yeah. I will definitely get the net. Like obviously, I was going to get it no matter what. But like, if I was just a casual fan, I definitely would pick up a future graphic novel following Chris. Like I, I'm very excited about where this could go. Like the idea of it sounds awesome, and I'm just hope the implementation will be better. But presumably, Dragon Steel knows that white sand wasn't as well received as maybe they would hope uh mm. so oh, yeah because i think they want to do a good job right and yeah. It's, yeah it's a new medium for them so i they have learned a lot and i think it shows in this that yeah they did learn a lot and it it, mm-hmm. it is better and maybe it will be better that they, we get a whole new script that we can just dedicate we know it is for graphic novels and optimize yeah. it rather than this one which was not optimized yeah because they're dresden file comic books and mm. i i might have mentioned this in our previous episodes maybe it's so. been a year and a half you yeah, can yeah. hear it all again yeah that when they started doing they also by dynamite by the way yeah they started off doing like just adaptations of the dresden files books mm-hmm. and then they started doing like side stories like just like this is a graphic novel original and mm-hmm. i like those way more than 
the ones that are adaptations of the books. Yeah. Adaptation is tricky. It is. Especially like graphic novels and graphic novels are very different mediums. Yeah. We're going to have so much fun dealing with adaptations for Cosmere film things. Uh, but yeah. and, oh. and I know in my heart of hearts that the like other adaptations like Cosmere films, I'm like, okay, this is going to be this is going to be different, not the same. They're going to change things mm-hmm. to make it work for the medium. And I think a lot of people, maybe including us, are going to get very saucy. But I know that oh, yeah. in my heart of hearts, that's like it's going to be different, and that's okay, right? That that's part of it. It's hating the. It's part of being a book fan. It's hating the movie adaptation no, 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 just no, no, no. a little bit, even if it's still good. You always have like a tiny bit of resentment in your heart that it's not a four-hour telenovela of them acting exactly like it is in the book, even if it, that would be terrible. Well, yeah, just look at like the first two Harry Potter movies versus the third exactly. One. It got better. I still kind of. I, I had there's a little bit of joy from the first two where it was pretty, pretty direct adaptation, but. Mm-hmm. I think the trick is when we get Cosmere movies to not reread the book right before the movie comes out. That's the key. That's the key for you to enjoy it. Because if you read the book, then you'll be coming off the book high and just like, oh, man, this is great. But if you have some distance, then you're like, that could be pretty good. Or it could be like Aragon, where it's just garbage. (laughs) Which was, that was a garbage movie. And, well. And the the original book was... It's yeah. a good starter fantasy book. Yeah, but like the the movie was especially not good. Uh, yeah. So, or or we could maybe get something like a Lord of the Rings or something. But this this but people still hate. Well, yeah, there's there's definitely yeah. some people. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, they are very well beloved, and so oh, if you want to, I'm not a part of the haters. I yeah. love those movies. Well, we'll just need to keep that in mind. But yeah, uh, different different mediums are very hard. Do we have any other thoughts? Were, were there any other differences? I think it was mostly Dryle and uh, who left on the boat. And we, I think we kind of talked about the difference in the endings. Most of the other plot beats were basically the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the ice the ice plot line, aside from her little epilogue, was about the same. I don't, yeah. I don't remember what ice was, if ice was suggested to have been doing anything in the prose after this, or if Brandon just kind of forgot he was a character because it was a he. I don't he remember. Event. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really do want to like try to guess what autonomy is trying to do. Like, it's so hard like, to tell. Like, does autonomy? Does... Assuming like whenever we see a face, like she's paying attention. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe just we quick... should talk about that some. Yeah. Oh, for no, for sure. I was just saying. Last mention of ice and the pros is ice okay. going. I vote in favor of the DM, and there is no resolution with ice oh, after wow. that. Oh wow! Okay, What's so this is way better. Wow. Okay, wow. Okay, yeah. That's that that, that <laughs> much better that, ending yeah. in that. Even sense. more credit. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, this is a solid ending if we don't see graphic novels for five years or something, even much longer than yeah. our break, current breaks right i, I don't imagine oh, yeah. they're gonna be soon this might be just like a total off topic but in the panel where hoyt is singing there's just a guy with purple skin <laughs> no there's not wait, is there what? really yes there is oh wait is he colos blooded <laughs> oh my god there is <laughs> that's, a mean, um, that's a colos that's a colos blooded 
That'd be oh, so crazy. Colos. I think this is like several hundred years before Colos were even a thing. Yeah, I, I, we, well, if Taldane's like, early Cosmere is Scadrial even existing at this stage, like we don't even know. Hey, you technically could have made a Colos at any point with Hemallergy. I don't think they would have been able to have Colos-blooded children at that point, but, you know. Look, shards, is it possible for shards to do that? Yes. <laughs> with enough investiture, anything's possible. If he was uh, if he was holding the boombox, that would have been like they're just like <laughs> that'd have been incredible. Yeah, I don't quite un- <laughs> like his purple skin. So we have the IV and we have a purple skin guy, and then we have random evergreens. We don't have a boombox, we don't have a horse, and we don't have a ceiling fan. Much improved, but why does he look purple? I think. I feel like it's probably like a weird lighting effect where they're trying to do something interesting let's, with let's that. Let's put this on but, screen. Let's let's put purple guy on screen here. But even like the shading is kind of like it's not. He's definitely not in shadow. You can see the shadow on him. Yeah. <laughs> what? I just don't know. I feel like that was probably like just like a. You, you get in the zone color. I don't even know how pe- how you know, know colorizing works. But I'm just like you know you're coloring and you're just like kind of doing it and you're like oh damn I already made it purple. Well, no one's going to notice, you know? Like. <laughs> well, that's a thing. So do, I think we could, I mean, we definitely could surely do a full autonomy episode, but do we have any quick thoughts on uh, autonomy stuff in this? I think autonomy hates Sandmasters for some reason. I don't know what that reason is. I think she, it seemed like she pretty directly asked one to betray them and poison them all and then instigated an attack from the Kirstians. At that exact moment and when they presumably, were presumably, like, the Sandlord could have talked to the Kirstians or the Akar to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's oh, I feel like, easy. in my head, the Akar is probably interacting with this Sandlord avatar as well. If we know that, that if they're a... taking such a direct... Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, I mean, sorry, avatar is a term that now has real meaning. I feel like they've interacted with that same being that... Uh, yes. We saw Aloran interact yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. because that would it's just be why Avatar is a horrible name for what Brandon is using. It I for. don't disagree, Ian. I I agree with you. I would love to know a proper Cosmere term for it. It should be called Angs instead of Avatars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I agree with all that. I. I don't really understand why there's faces in the clouds, but I presumably autonomy watching, I guess, or something. But. I think I think autonomy gave Bayon. I don't know how we can talk about at some point, probably in the future, um, initiation for Sand Mastery. But oh, I think oh, autonomy was like Bayon. You are getting some power right now. So, how then is a protect pr- practitioner of Aeondor initiated? It does not appear to be tied to family descent, as one finds on Scadrial, nor is it a specific a specific shard's decision as a Nalthus. Even Taldane's and Vax's methods do not seem to apply here. Well, that's not very helpful for Taldane. Yeah, I, okay, I still think, even though it says it's not a shard-specific decision, I still stand by Bayon being a Sandmaster, being in that moment, autonomy deciding that Bayon mm-hmm. is going to be a Sandmaster and doing Look something out that of cloud the ordinary. Faces. Yeah, that cloud face is like, oh, watch this, guys. I want... <laughs> The Tesseract Skybeam now. Yeah. But th- that that's kind of weird, though. Like, if she hates Sandmasters, but then made being a Sandmaster, like, what? 
maybe she hates the organization like maybe she doesn't like the dm for some reason the dm is oppressive it's controls its ranks you know or we know that bavadin likes creating different entities of autonomy okay what if there's more than one version of autonomy on Kaldate? i mean i would guess at least two one for dark side and one for Tay's side. So that would be my gut. Just thinking or about like, that. What if there's like main Bavadin who is like, hey, I made these sandmasters. They're kind of cool. And then there's like the smaller sand lord. It's like, they're using parts of my body. I don't like them. I'm going to destroy them. Yeah. I mean, that would the other thing that. I will I'll throw out is we don't really know when. Do we know when Bavadin started making avatars? Is it no possible clue. this is prior to clue. autonomy even beginning that? Because we know that like there is a phase when they didn't want people coming to Taldain, and there's a phase when they stopped doing that. You yeah, know, seriously. So there's a lot of Taldain stuff. Like, are we gonna get those in later graphic novels to explain what the crap's up with that? I have no idea. Hopefully. Well, Brandon has implied that he wants to write at least one real Taldane novel. He said that recently that we won't get, we're unlikely to get dark side novels, but he wants to do a, a day side novel. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. And he said, he said dark side will probably be all graphic novels, but day side will probably get a novel. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. But that's, that's a probably from Brandon. So, yeah. Brandon promising novels. Like he's got a few. <laughs> But yeah, I think we should do an autonomy episode soon because there's all this whole thing with Trell. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. And, and, and volume two. And what's his face? Pachi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's 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 plenty of autonomy to discuss. And so maybe we should do a full podcast on that. Uh, But yeah, I'm reasonably optimistic. This this was an ending that I'm like. I'm feeling, I I can say feel good about, you know? Whereas the other ones, I'm like, this is mediocre. That's what I felt like. Yeah. Oh, I had no enthusiasm for the third volume at the end of the last podcast. I remember that. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, this was, this was, like, fine to good, right? Like, that's that's what yeah. I would rate this one, mm-hmm. right? That's that's your 17-shard endorsement. It's somewhere fine between fine and good. <laughs> that's our White Sand Volume 3. One. That'll be the pull quote for the cover of the Dark Sand novels. <laughs> White Sand 3, find a good. 17shard.com. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't we do a special edition of Who's That Cosmere Character where David and Ian fight? Sudden I don't even, did death. we even do Who's That Cosmere Character for our old White Sand episodes? I don't even know. I don't think we developed the concept yet. I don't think yeah, we developed the game we played. Well, that. you know what? We do them bi-weekly, so dang it, we gotta do some uh, Who's That Cosmere character. This character is from Roshar. Menace. Tien. Tom. Mraze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere character. <laughs> I'm bad at this. Grace and Ben are better. Okay, that's just a fact. So... That's all good. You send <laughs> five clues in a character to WTCC at 17shard.com and we will read them aloud and the contestants will guess who's that Cosmere character. So, clue one. This character is the subject of research. The subject of research. The subject of research. 
Kenton. No, it is not Kenton. Got to get all I the Taldini like stuff done. Oh, I know. That's what that's where my brain is now. I'm trying to. I feel like there's like an obvious one where they're studying someone, and I cannot think of it off the top of my head. Uh, subject of research. What about pattern? Shalon kind of researched him. That's a good guess. It is not. Oh well. This character has a spren bond. Okay. Thank you for not saying this character is from Rashar. That was clever. <laughs> yeah, this this is this. You know, that's a good point. This is more specific than that. That's good. I'm gonna guess Gavilar. It is not Gavilar. Subject of research and has a spren bond. That's right. The, the, I, I keep thinking like it is performed research. This is harder when there's just the two of us because I no, can't. No, it is hard. I don't, it I don't hard. have a guess. I can't like stall for very long. You, you, uh, you, you can't and you don't have people uh, helping you with that. You know? Oh, I know. Because sometimes yeah, no, someone it, goes on a, on a line and you're like, you know what? I do like this cell idea. And then you go down that. Which yeah, no, Ian, Ian's a, a brick wall. I'm not getting any help out oh, of him no, here. No, never, never. <laughs> Ian, uh, Ian's here Yas- to win. Yasna. No. Just because research connection. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Clue three, this character eats fruit. Flipped. No. That that actually does I satisfy. Bet, I bet you she does, yeah. Yeah. He's a subject of research from the ring, right? Is it Reluna the um the Oh my god, it is. The moving island it that is Reluna. That was, good. that was good. That was that was top tier. I was like reading this. I'm like, man, I would not remember that that name. Uh, yeah, that, this is that the Tina no. that Lift uh, meets that Rissen meets. meets Lift. What? Sorry, Rissen. They're both really good characters. That, yeah, that like yeah. there was a character that had something to do with fruit, and I could not. I was like, I don't know who yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. That was good, Ian. Clue four. Yeah. This character <laughs> gives a gift to another character. Clue five, this character has black eyes. And bonus clue, clue six is this character is female. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't think we know that. Uh, I think they called her she a couple times, but I could yeah, be I wrong. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. It helps that uh, I listened to the graphic novel um, of Stormlight as with my parents. The graphic novel? Oh. oh. The graphic audio. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yeah. It's like, when, oh, when we, we, like, let's do an episode on those. And it wasn't too long ago that we did the Rissen interlude. Ah, so like, right, okay, right, 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 right. Yeah, because I would never have remembered that name. Mm-hmm. Cool. That sounds fun. A plus, nice. Well, now I have to get this one. Yeah, you do. You do. Okay, right. I got the Dob one. That was really good. I'm still running good. the high off that. I, I, I like last week that I got Dilaf. I, I felt pretty good about that. All right, this next one is sent from the Beast 22846. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And clue number one this character can use investiture. How do you define use, Eric? I know. <laughs> Should I even give you anything? I didn't expect you, you should to, not. But... Okay, uh, yeah. then I won't. Good because call. then I can guess Navani, and it be technically accurate based on my knowledge. Are you guessing Navani? Yes, I'm guessing Navani. No, it's not Navani. I'm guessing Cell because she is investiture. 
<laughs> no, it's not Syl. Clue two. This character's bald. Bayon. No. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I don't know. At certain points in the artwork, he is. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, my oh. God, he is. Yeah. Oh, no. Jeez. I did not like, Early on, one. like, in volume one, he has no hair. Huh. But, like, and now... There's a Bayon panel where he's got, like, a creepy smile where he's just, like... <laughs> but... Uh, we had less to complain yeah, about but... this time. Yeah. We did. We definitely Which is did. Good. That is uh, good. Yeah, it's nice. Okay. The only character that I can think of that's bald is Kadash or like any ardent. Oh, but I did not guess. So I'm going to guess Vasher. <laughs> <laughs> it is not Vasher. Vasher oh, is also his head, not bald. He doesn't shave his head because he doesn't like listening to them. Damn. Well good job. I went from like ardent, no hair, and I was like, Vasher has, is an ardent. Vasher must have no hair. All right. Clue three. This character was named by a Brandon Sanderson fan naming auction. Oh. That's that's actually interesting. Like that's a pretty good clue. This is from before I was in the fandom, I'm guessing. I know exactly what this this means. Oh, wait. I is it Yeoman? It is Yeoman. Yep. I I that's an annotations thing. That's the it only is, reason I know is, that. It is, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, Ian. <laughs> one to one. I'm, I'm, I needed. I needed to not embarrass myself. Uh, and the last two clues are: uh, this character does not have a hemallergic spike, though he almost did. Oh he yeah, tried to spike him. Uh, mm -hmm. And clue five, which definitely would have given it away: this character can burn atium. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, no, that's. I remember reading about it because I think he won it at like a church auction, and another mm -hmm. one of Brandon's friends really wanted to get it, and then let that guy who became Yeoman win, and then Brandon named Goradell after that guy who yeah. let him win. Yeoman being uh, the villain-ish figure in Hero of Ages, the obligator. oh, I dispute the hell out he, of that. He was an antagonist to the. What I mean is he's an antagonist. <laughs> Chill out, guys. I love he Yeoman. Is... He's great. The antagonist for the Fodrex plotline for most of that book. Like I the citizen that. is. Chillax. Uh, See, I would still call the citizen a villain, even though like later he's revealed he was a puppet. Sorry, I should use the word nice villain. I should use antagonist. Fine. Right, because those are two very different things. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and he is a seer and was an obligator and was very cool. It was, it was nice to see a believer in the Lord Ruler after the Lord Ruler's death. Uh, spoiler. Yeah. Rare one. Yeah. <laughs> in case you haven't read Mistborn. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you all for watching. Uh, not as much salt this time, but you know what? That's nice. We don't, we, we want to like these things, so that's good. Yep. That's our bias, so that's how you know how tough the other two were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true, though. If you are wondering, are we biased? Yes, we want to. We like Brandon's stuff almost all the time. That's At least it's Cosmere stuff. Hey, I mean, Skyward I'm speaking for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you don't really enjoy the non-Cosmere much. Have you even read Skyward? Yeah, I read Skyward. I like I I like Skyward. I 
I was meh on Rhythmatist and haven't read Alcatraz. Alcatraz is fun. Uh, weird, but fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. read, read it after Rhythmatist this. Rhythmatist is my favorite. Rith- yeah. And Calamity sucks, but whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Bye. Well, follow us on 17 for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun, and discussion on white sand, because there's so much of it right now. So discuss your thoughts on white sand, volume three, in the comments below, 17 or in our Discord. You can uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. You can support us on Patreon. Link is below. And we'll see you all next time. Bye. Peace. Call.